I don't have I don't have like a bit to get into it. And I was like like mm, I can't do justice to a Jack Black impression, so I won't like sing any of the songs. Or you know what's what? I, and I don't know if I, I I don't know if I'm stretching here or if other people have put this together, but uh, Chris Pratt's surprise face stole that from Jack Black. Do you Probably. know you know like that meme like the I'm like yeah that, that's Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things are Jack Black. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Before before he got ripped, I think a lot of his physicality was probably taken from Jack Black because Jack Black was the signature funny large guy of the time. Gotcha. When he was like becoming a when Chris Pratt was like coming up, which is funny because he takes his shirt off in the movie and he's not even that large. No, he's not. <laughs> like he's perfectly average size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's remained relative to his age about that kind of shape throughout his career. It's kind of crazy. He's never really fluctuated. <laughs> Uh, how long he's been um, uh, in the public eye since the late 90s, really, mid-90s maybe, but, mm. you know. Anyway. Oh, yeah, is that Tenacious D? Was that the late 90s? Or was yeah. That, that was before the, this, right? The Tenacious D show was the late 90s. Okay. And he was even, like, I think doing Tenacious D before that, so. What, do you know when the movie came out? The It had to be before Pick this. Pick of Destiny was after this. After this, But okay. the Tenacious D TV show was before this. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should, I guess we're just starting, so let's let's do the thing. Uh, as you know, I usually say as you guys know, but it's just you and I here today. So as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet. So it'll either be just starting it, which honestly flows better than the usual options, or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where my friends and sometimes friend, singular, and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, I'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hasn't seen before and really should have rocked out by now. This week, that movie is School of Rock. I think sometimes listed as The School of Rock. Mm. But way, I mean, it's way cleaner without the the. It was Amazon, which is School of Rock. Yeah, yeah. And then some places has the the and just gross. You don't need that. Uh, And my guest this week is Robbie. Hey. Hey. And Koji. Yeah, I was like, someone's <laughs> yelling in the background. Oh, it's Koji. He's a dog. Yeah, so uh, there's going to be some background noise, but we're around in the studio. Who cares? <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into talking, oh, sorry, before we get rocking, <laughs> um, as always, I'd like to start by saying, have you watched anything good recently or I- anything mediocre or whatever <laughs> recently? I, I have. I was actually pretty excited. Uh, last night I watched Thor Love and Thunder. Okay. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. I know it didn't get a lot of love from a lot of people, but I, I don't go into Marvel movies with expectations other than like, it's going to be an okay movie. <laughs> and it was like slightly better than okay. And I'm like, all right, that's... that's yeah, that's, that's kind of all you can do now. I think I, I, we probably talked about this before, but Will and I went to see it. And you know how enthusiastic Will is about everything. And even the stuff that like doesn't work for me is just someone who watched the movies. He's like, yeah, but you got to understand it relates to this. And it's because of this in the comics. Yep. And it finished and he just went, going to have to digest that for a little bit. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> there, was, there was parts of it, like the goats that were just screaming. I was like, this is dumb, but it's making me chuckle. Do, do you do know- it like 42 times or something? That, <laughs> that's where it was like a little too much, yeah. but... Um, I will say too, it was a little like, I don't know. Again, I might be looking way too into things, but like the scene where he empowers all the kids to fight, I was just like, 
oh, so this is where we are as a country now, huh? Like we we're no longer like just protecting children. We're like, no, you can you can fight the school shooter that breaks. And you know what? Like I know that's a bit of a stretch, but it yeah. does kind of feel like like a weird oh, yeah. message. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly what they were trying to reference, but I could see why. Like you know, temperature of the room being what it is, that's what you, your mind goes to. But um, yeah, that's my that's my low note. But it was a. It was an yeah. interesting movie. That did not come to mind for me. Just we're looking at it as like a movie. Does it work? Mm. The villain's right the whole time. The whole entire time. <laughs> it's yeah. not good to steal kids, but he didn't really do anything to him besides steal them. And I feel like they tried to like, I don't know, make him bad with kids. But the fact that he was even trying to be like, because like, that, that scene with the snake thing, they're trying to make him look scary. And I'm like, oh, this is just a guy that doesn't know how to interact with kids. Do you know that? Yeah, like, right, yeah. <laughs> like it he's just socially awkward. He's just like, he's not like trying to be mean to him and he clearly like had no intention of hurting them. Yeah, but the central thesis that the gods do not care about us and are not worthy of our worship is never proven inaccurate in the movie. In fact, it's repeatedly proven to be accurate. Except for Thor. Yes. So it like is the it's message. It's too bad like, that he went to Thor like second. <laughs> it, it's just like for for his plan. It's too bad he went to Thor second. <laughs> so so is your is your message here that like most gods are bad, but the you know the one that looks like Jesus is okay? Is that is that where we're going with it? <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. And I'm sure that's not where they're going either. I just put my own thing but it was just it's a funny message when you think like all gods are bad except for maybe thor i, I think yeah, the, the but, part that sealed it for me was the 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 closing statement of like they just call them love and thunder and i just got such a kick out of that i really enjoyed that like i don't know um and that's actually chris hemsworth's daughter i think oh really yeah okay that's pretty cool and like the wolf lady that he has sex with is his wife <laughs> or partner. I don't know if they're married. I should say partner. Sex with a lady, a wolf lady on a lady wolf. That part got me too. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And you know who else it got? Taika Waititi. He loves his own jokes. So <laughs> he's, he, he narrates this movie and like is a self insert as the rock guy who you're like, oh, he died. Maybe some stay. No, he's still here. He's just a face now. Oh, I didn't even. So he, I didn't realize this. That's just Taika Waititi. Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think your mileage can vary on, on that. He, he does get a kick out of his own jokes, though. Like, that, that can be said for him. I enjoyed how they displayed Zeus, too. I mean, even outside of like a Marvel universe, like that was a pretty accurate Zeus. Yeah, well, it's uh, I mean, and it's Russell Crowe. And he's, you know, that that was like the biggest movie star for a while. And wow, yeah, when you put an actual movie star in these movies, you're like, oh, wow, charisma and, and competency. It's crazy. Speaking of that, and we can get to that, but um, I just recently rewatched uh, The Nice Guys. Sure. I didn't, like, I don't know if I just didn't appreciate it the first time, but I watched it again and I was like, oh my God, this is one of like the funniest movies I've ever seen. Like, uh, nice Guys is a huge um film Twitter reclamation project thing where like everyone who's too online is like, well, this is like the best comedy of the last 20 years. Like, I, I, and like no one else even knows it exists. Like I already watched it before and I just remember thinking like, oh, it was decent. And then I, I think like the preview came up on Netflix yeah. and I was like, 
this seems funnier than I remember. Yep. And it, it just killed. Crow's maybe I was awesome. too young. Gosling's like maybe never better. <laughs> <laughs> the little girl in it, yeah. just like top notch yeah, that acting movie, from that awesome. everyone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to dunk on Love and Thunder that much. It was a, yeah, it was what you expect at this point. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I mean, the buildup promised, uh, okay, maybe not even the buildup, but the promise of like Thor and the Guardians at the end of Endgame is really just, done away with pretty quickly in this one that that's a good point i i don't know why they bothered to do the nope. beginning at all because it didn't like i expected them to show up i thought instead of like jane showing up chris bratt was gonna show up do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i mean i guess it worked better with like the plot what they were doing but like that's not who i expected to come back in the third act or whatever yeah and um i recently rewatched guardians 2 and i remembered that oh that's this is just my favorite mcu movie this movie's awesome and i actually care about these characters and like most of the pro- properties now this actually has some depth to it that i can think whatever etc cetera, etc cetera. And it's like, for this to be the next note on those guys, it's like, hmm, it's weird they're not looking for Gamora. I thought that's what they were going to do. That's what I was just going to ask. I was like, wait, I didn't think Gamora was just gone, right? Like, what happened? Why is she, was she not there? The end, well, she dies in Infinity War, and then it's 2015 Gamora that's in Endgame, and she doesn't know them, so she doesn't want to go with them at the end. And he's just going to tell sad stories instead of trying to win her back. Like what's well, wrong with the, you? the end of end game is him. Like trying to f- like, if you see Chris Pratt looking at a screen, like looking for Gamora's coordinates or something. Okay. And so this being the next note that they pick up on is like, well, they went and did some other stuff. For a while. <laughs> like a, She's the only thing that matters to me, yeah. except for these 1200 distresses. So I'm going to get to those first. <laughs> they don't add that much to this movie. And this movie doesn't add that much to their story going forward. Yes. Looking forward to Guardians 3. I was really surprised. So it's kind of like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> I was surprised to see at the end, too, Thor will return. I think I would have liked it better if this was, was the end of Thor. You know what I Like, that seemed like a good close. To yeah. This. But they end the mid and end credits. I mean, it's been out for a while. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. This will only take 10 seconds. The reveal is that Hercules is coming. Played by uh, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso. This is why I don't like Disney Plus because they screw up those credits all the time. Oh, did you not see that part? I didn't see that part. That's really cool though. That like, yep, yeah. It's uh, it's it's Zeus. He's still alive, but I really, he's really injured. Then he's like, "Well, go get him!" And the camera pans, and it's Brett Goldstein. And he's like, "Fucking right," or whatever. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso. Oh no, I haven't. But yeah. um, I probably just missed the end of the because yeah. I saw him with like the hole in his chest. Yeah, and now he just doesn't have his lightning bolt. Which, knowing Zeus, that's a big problem. <laughs> Should be a big problem for him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's um, that that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> what have I watched recently? I recent so last week I got on a little bit of a David Lynch kick, and mm-hmm. I had never seen uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, but uh, I finally watched it, and um, I I'll join the chorus of uh, other internet reclaimers who were like, "This movie's actually good." It was panned at the time. Is, is that like, like a movie for the end of Twin Peaks? Or? So Twin Peaks ended, and then they made a movie that is both a prequel and has to be watched after Twin Peaks. Never seen it. I've heard it talked about incessantly. Never seen it. Yeah, we can do a, we, we, we could get that. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> okay. Love, love Twin Peaks. I decided to keep watching. Fire Walk with me was great. Hmm. Uh, one of the more upsetting things you'll ever see. And then I watched uh, Blue Velvet and what I was trying and bring this up now, because what I was trying to communicate in the Heather's episode 
when I said that it was Lynchian, which is an overused term. I just meant like the really, you know, bold colored eighties aesthetic, but just under the surface is some darkness and that's, that's all over blue velvet. And, uh, I only watched blue velvet after watching Heather's last week, or I would have phrased that better. So I'm just apologizing for my clunky phrasing in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) But what I really want to talk about is Barbarian that's in theaters right now. If you're hearing this, it's probably still available. Um, All I really want to say about that is, yeah, like if you've heard about this, you've probably also heard, go see it. Don't look up anything about it. There's some stuff that happens that is not hinted at even in the trailer. But even that being said, I, as much as I enjoyed this movie, which is a lot, it did kind of make me wish I hadn't seen the trailer. It would have been really fun to go in cold. Okay. Um, and, uh, you asked if it's like that gory. I don't think it's that gory. There's a couple gross moments, but it's, it's mostly, it's tense at the beginning and kind of thrillery. And then it, then it shifts. Can you give an, ex- you might have to cut it. Can you give an example of a gross moment without spoiling anything? No. No, because it's also like, whoa. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. I appreciate if it's integral to the plot, like putting in gross moments that aren't just like, I did this to be gross, if that makes sense. They're, they're, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They clearly are. If you can't talk about them, then there's a reason that they're in there. (laughs) It is not, it it doesn't, I don't enjoy like the torture porn stuff. You were asking if it had anything related to Saw Mm. and that stuff does not agree with me at all. And I didn't feel anything like that about this. The, The mood, the mood leaving the theater was one, very confused, very, what the fuck was that? But it was also very jovial. Okay. At the end, everyone was like, well, that was a fun time at the movies. Gotcha. Um, just, just overhearing the conversations from my fellow theater goers. So, uh, how would you compare it to the Northman? Oh, it's way less gory than the Northman. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's not, this is definitely <laughs> substantially not a less. Did you see they're finally Man, profit- way less kills? Yeah. I did the, 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 they're finally profitable now. They had the VOD uh, push, yeah. I guess, uh, really pushed them over, which is good because I thought it was a good movie. I was surprised yep. that like it, I guess tanked. I don't, I don't know if that's the right yeah, term. Yeah, it, it tanked, it bombed, whatever you want to say. Then we're talking about the Northmen no. uh, being finally profitable due to home video sales and rentals. Um, yeah, because that went on VOD pretty quickly at like the twenty dollars price point at first. I think it's probably down to a normal rental, like four or five bucks now. But which is just a good sign in general for the VOD market, because like I feel like there was a lot of push from the studios or whatever of like these has to be in theaters or we won't make money, and it's like well, yeah. Not being in theaters made that one the money that you were looking for. So, yeah, yeah, that's um, we. I'm happy we saw it in theaters because that deserved to be seen big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, an example of, I mean, a, a great director on his third movie finally getting like big studio money, and it just the timing and and probably the marketing though. I don't know how you market that. It, that like ideally that kind of movie opens like small just in like art houses but when you spend that much money on it you got to open it in you know 3000 theaters <laughs> but uh yeah i uh i like that movie a lot i'm glad it's finally profitable did you i keep derailing but did you see um constantine 2 got greenlit i did yeah i just saw that last night um that's another like didn't mean to have this be a theme, but that's another Twitter reclamation project of people being like, 
Constantine's actually good because it didn't get good reviews. So that one I have loved since day one. I probably good. watched that like a couple times. You're a, a smart year person because I that movie rocks. It's such a good. It's one of my favorite Keanu Reeves movies. Yeah, like, that's it's so good. That's up there with me for like best comic book movie. <laughs> like, and like to hear that they're doing a second. Like I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm so. Thrilled. Uh, is it a direct sequel? I eat like which is to say, is Shia LaBeouf in it? Uh, that is a good point because that was like the brief golden moment of Shia LaBeouf where you were like, he's, yeah. he's fine. <laughs> he's well cast in that. Yeah. As yeah. the kind of like nerdy sidekick that turns into an angel in the end credits. Um, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> he's uh, in one heaven. Of, we don't have to see him again. <laughs> one of my absolute favorite Tilda Swinton performances. Oh, yeah. As, With the hair, it throws yes, me off. <laughs> as uh, the angel. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel, great depiction of Gabriel too. Like I really just awesome. loved the like, awesome. like heaven and hell both suck. Like that's such a good, like, I, I don't know. When we did the Heather's episode, I don't know if I had seen 3000 years of longing yet. I went to see it in a theater where I had it all to by all to myself. Mm. Uh, that's the new George Miller movie, his follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road Okay, that no one went to see in between the last episode where I didn't mention that I had seen this movie and now in which it's only been two weeks that movie is already available on demand. Um, so I don't believe it made its money back, but maybe it can take the Northman long route. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and yeah, just to say, Barbarian, it's set in modern day Detroit. It's not about like a barbarian tribe or anything. Yeah. Gotcha. That's why I was asking about the Northman, because I just assumed. I realized that later, but it was like, oh yeah, just in case anyone else is confused, because why wouldn't you be? <laughs> Especially if people are telling you don't look up anything about it. <laughs> well, then I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. No, it's like a, yeah. Set in modern day Detroit. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Um, okay. That's good. I don't think we're going to talk too much about the movie today, um, which is why I think it's fine that we did 20 minutes on other stuff. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe 15 once we cut out wine time. I mean, honestly, I think all of that was pretty good content. I actually do too. <laughs> it, was, it was a good discussion. See, so. when, it's just, when it's just a couple people, it's really easy to stay kind of like on point. <laughs> and uh, before the wine kicks in, let's talk about... School of Rock. So, um, this Dead was Rocker Society. Dead Rocker Society. So, I'll say for my part, when this movie came out in 2003, it was uh, probably one of my favorite movies of the time. I, I definitely remember it making a big impact on me and all the other middle schoolers. Um, this might be the first thing I'd seen Jack Black in. I'm wondering if either it's either this or Shallow Hell. Um, but this is one that I actually like went with other kids in school to go see in theaters and stuff. And nice. this was like, oh, it's about, I guess the kids are supposed to be 10, but they look older, I think, right? They look like they're freshmen. Yeah. And I was, I think like in seventh grade. And so they looked Except like- Except for like you know. two of them. There was like two of them that looked like they were maybe like 10. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. I guess Miranda Cosgrove looks pretty young, The from iCarly. She she was probably like 11 in that. Yeah. She might have actually been close to. But I think some of them do look like they're at least in middle school. They're not, they don't look like fourth graders. That's 10 year old. No, the, I mean, the, the rocker, like the, the spiky hair, he looked like he was yeah. like a freshman. Um, The Aretha Franklin, I forgot yeah. her. She also looked like yeah. she was older. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all that being said, all that just to say, it seemed like a lot of these kids were my age when I saw it, and that mm. was cool to see. And Jack Black being like, oh, this is the guy. This is a guy I would want to hang out with as a kid. He clearly is cool. And uh, so this movie made a big impact on me. 
but you haven't seen it before. No. Um, to be honest, I kind of had the, the, the opposite. I don't think I remember when it came out, but I think by the time people were talking about it, it was all of the like show choir kids in high school. Yeah. And it was like, so it was like that I've never seen rent, like any of those movies that people could not stop talking about. I was very much one of those like contrarian kids where I was like, I'm just not going to see it. Like, I don't like music. Horrible take. I don't know who like, I don't know. It's just a fun, really competently made comedy. It was a good movie. It was a very good good movie. And I love music, so I don't understand what kind of edgy I was trying to be, but it it didn't didn't do well. At the time, not accounting for inflation, the highest grossing music themed comedy of all time eventually being by Pitch Perfect. Oh, interesting. Which is also very much that same group of kids that you probably didn't want to talk to in high school. Didn't see it. (laughs) Whereas I was in acapella groups, but let's move on (laughs) from that quickly. Uh, Do you want to give a one minute plot summary? Okay. Yeah. Um, You don't don't have to. I'll have Koji do it. um, I wish he was still here. uh, All right. So I would say, all right, starting. Whatever. All right. So. Uh, Jack Black lives with his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend, kind of unclear how that situation came about, assuming she moved in later, but, uh, girlfriend's a little controlling, uh, roommate's a little bit of a pushback, a pushover. Jack Black is definitely a slob, doesn't want to do anything, uh, wants to be in a rock band. Very quickly, it's determined that he needs to pay rent. He gets kicked out of his band where he was anticipating on making a bunch of money to pay rent. So gets a phone call, ends up lying about being his roommate, goes to this very elite prestigious school to be a substitute teacher and isn't just intending to slack off, get a paycheck. Ends up discovering these kids are actually really talented at music and was like, all right, let me try to train them. They're going to be in a battles of the bands. Uh, you know, things ensue, they bond. It's a big, happy, you know, heartwarming thing. Uh, then he gets found out right before the big show. They end up uh, going to the show anyway. Miranda Cosgrove's uh, the band manager, gets them to go pick up Jack Black. They go, they play the Battle of Bands. They don't win it because that's not what's important, but they do get an encore because that is what is important because now the parents accept them and love them. Everybody's all happy and the movie ends. Yep, that's pretty much it. Uh, good movie. Let's let's do, you know, the, the, the important players in this one. Jack Black as Dewey is the main character. Yep. Uh, most of the kids are just kids i think they're child actors i don't know how many of them kept up with it aside from miranda cosgrove um and other adults in the movie mike white who plays the roommate the actual ned schneebly he's uh also a prolific writer he wrote this movie and i believe was like the main creative force in it you may have seen last weekend or actually earlier this week because it was on a monday night he just won a couple emmys for uh the white lotus is he the like the the guy in forgetting Sarah Marshall that's dating the that just married the other girl? He's like the nerdy like he was super religious. They never had sex before. No, that's Jack McBrayer. Oh, okay. Looks kind of similar though. Similar, right? yes. Okay. Similar vibe. Used similar in the same like family of comedies. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's Mike White, his girlfriend who isn't in that much is Sarah Silverman, who ends up being very, very famous, but is kind of right on the cusp at this point. She'd already been in a bunch of movies, but not like as a lead. Yep. And I don't think she really hit it big until like right after this, pretty much. Uh, She doesn't really seem to still be around too much now. I mean, she does stuff still, I think. Okay. (laughs) Uh, not, not, not trying to like put her down or anything, but yeah, I mean, the Sarah Silverman program isn't on anymore, but mm. she's still in stuff. And I mean, she's got that Disney money now. She's technically a Disney princess because of, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. 
She she's one of the main characters in the Wreck It Ralph movies. Gotcha. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Hmm. I've always uh, I've always liked her. She does have some like garbage takes when it comes to defending other people, mm-hmm. but I guess I won't hold that against her. Helpful not to think about that when watching Wreck It Ralph. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I thought it was a good bit. Like, no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and Joan Cusack, I guess, is the other notable adult in this. She plays the principal. Joan Cusack. Yes. Okay. I was like, John Cusack was Sis- not in this movie. Sister of John Cusack in plenty of movies and uh, probably overqualified for this role, but she's in there just for her delivery on uh, all your children are missing. So I wanted to mention that part. That was just like superb. Like, yeah. and I love that she put herself in the corner before that. Like yeah. it just really seemed like it was like, all right, I need a timeout. Like, yes. Yes. In there essentially for her delivery on that, for the couple seconds of back and forth she has with uh snake or whatever the guy's name is spider um and for the stevie nicks scene at the bar and that's and that's why you get joan cusack for that role i was glad that they didn't try to make it like a and these two end up together at the end like they just kind of good not necessary it just really wasn't i'm a principal at a school (laughs) and then um last but definitely not least this is a richard linklater film this is our first Linklater film and hopefully not our last because I love a lot of his movies. Uh, most known to you listening, maybe for the before movies, before sunrise, sunset, midnight, uh, maybe for boyhood. That was a Richard Linklater dazed and confused. Those are the, those are the big ones probably. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, I mean, he just earlier this year, we talked about him, on the when we play sorry i should say there is a game that we played where we were talking about netflix movies that came out this year do we remember them uh, one of them was his he had apollo 10 and a half earlier this year which uh, jack black does a voice in i believe so Interesting. they reunited from their school rock days <laughs> yeah one of the probably like most influential notable filmmakers of the last 25 30 years so yeah. um yeah this is the first movie we're talking about by him. And you can see he's there's a lot of people in this movie that are probably overqualified for their for their roles in the production and execution of this film, but it just is super damn competent. It was a very good movie. I, yeah. For someone too that doesn't really appreciate uh credits on either side, I'd say this is probably my favorite movie I've seen for uh how they did the intro credits and the Got exit it. credits. Like they were just very they were still part of the movie. You felt like encouraged to sit around and watch them. I I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the it started and I was like, "Oh, I forgot this is how they do the intro credits." But it's like the the leather jacket and then the, you know, the the CD posters. posters pasted on the wall and yeah, yeah. it just felt very so natural. <laughs> it was very, very nice way to do things. You're totally right. Yeah. It's so cool. It's just, uh, it's a good idea. It made me think like, Ooh, why don't more people do this? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you, you want people to see the credits. So like, why not just make them a little bit more interesting than just a black wall of text? Like that doesn't. Yeah. And it seems like such a simple thing to be like, okay, why don't we have the credits relate to the vibe of the movie and instantly put you into, you know, before Jack Black has any dialogue, you know exactly how his character sees himself, how everyone else sees him. Yes. 
And yeah. that's, and that's what you need. I and mean, we're in it. <laughs> anybody that's been to like a punk concert at a punk venue, like all yeah. of that just felt like, oh, this is very punk. Or, the like, people sitting <laughs> at the bar going, we got to get out of here. These guys suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very good. Uh, get you right into it. Yes. Yeah. It's efficient as hell. <laughs> and then we're in it. He needs money. He goes and steals uh, Ned's identity kind of to go work at a school that it probably needs a few more, uh, you know, controls in place to, to, to approve teachers, but they were in a tight squeeze. That's, that was another thing that was striking to me. Yeah, like, uh, I, I knew like, I, and I guess I, I had to get on in line with what 2003 tech was, but just seeing the phone he used in the beginning, I was like, is that, is that really the phones we were using in 2003? Like, I don't think they had like easy internet background checks like we do now. You, oh yeah. that's, I mean, that's a good point, too. This like, is almost a 20-year-old movie. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you couldn't do that these days because, like, somebody would be like, oh, you want to apply? Okay, what's your social? Let's look up everything right. about you. They like, would look up, they would Google and see a photo of you within 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. no no problem. Yeah. Although, also, in this day and age, you just have to be, like, married to someone in the military to be a teacher. So, you know, they wouldn't mm. have cared anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, um, a pretty cool movie. I I always like the vibe of every part of it is just I like the journey. Yeah, um, <laughs> it didn't really seem to have any like uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but just like low moments. It was very like Chekhovian, if that's a word, where just like every part advanced the story forward. Okay, yeah. It just didn't really feel like they wasted any time with it. No, yeah. There's no there's no downtime. And it still preserves so a lot of Link Later films are considered to be hangout movies, you know, dazing and views and mm. some of the other ones that are not super like specifically plot driven, mm. but it's still like the the vibe of people are hanging out. Yeah. And this, this has like a nice blend of that with sort of really polished, almost studio movie stuff where we're less moving forward. Yeah. Like I I feel like in most movies, you know, like the turn is going to come or whatever. And they kind of like drag it out. Like there's like the, the montage of being depressed or like whatever, but it was very nice of like, He's found out you got about two minutes before the kids yeah. come back and take him back to the concert. Like, I, I don't need all of that extra, like, let's yeah. drag this out. Like, just get to it. And- yeah, and and, I, and the down point of his arc is also one of the bigger laughs in the movie mm. where he says, <laughs> uh, I've been touched by your kids and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. <laughs> just like running wow. out with the guitars. <laughs> it's like, oh, they would, they would try to arrest him. Uh, like, immediately. Immediately. Why didn't he get arrested? I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is the police were like holding back the parents so they didn't form a lynch mob right there. Yeah, I. Mm, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, but this isn't a movie that really needs to be like, mm, why didn't this happen? Here's a plot hole. It's, but, it's just like, it's a how fun- did Jack Black get his powers? <laughs> <laughs> no one told me how he learned how to play guitar. So I'm just lost. Just can't appreciate it. Can't appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's this being your first time watching you you already said you were kind of surprised just from a, like a, Oh yeah, this is a fine movie. Why did I, why was I avoiding this thing? Yeah. Well, not even that. Like I knew why I was avoiding it, but like, um, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like Jack Black's humor can be a little too silly for me. 
And I, I don't feel like I got to, like, there wasn't so much of that, like, going on, <laughs> which is, it's fine and it works sometimes, but also sometimes it goes on a little too long, probably an unpopular opinion of mine, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think everyone has their limit with that, but yeah, he's, um, it's such a good use of his appeal and his persona in this movie i mean throughout his career he's always been pretty much inextricably associated with music and so using both his comic persona and his musical chops in this is just like the perfect marriage of performer and role well and i I really liked how they portrayed his character too because even like one of the like I guess montage scenes, they show like the whiteboard where he has all of the different like types of rock. And you can see like, you may think this person is an idiot, but if he actually wanted to teach a course on music, he could teach a very good course on music. Yeah. He just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Which is why I think it's like a really graceful note to end on that. He actually does like start a business with Ned like it's, teaching music. To it's kids. funny to watch yeah, too. Totally. Because, <laughs> like, as the viewer, you're just like, you should be doing, you should just be, you should be teaching. This is what you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. He clearly connects with kids on this, and it's not that unbelievable. Like, I'd know. say in real life, he should probably be teaching music. Like, I mean, he makes more money as yeah. an actor, but like, I'm sure he'd be a phenomenal music teacher. Yeah. And even though the kids are, you know, whatever age they are, they're all supposed to be 10, but he doesn't talk to them like, little kids yeah he's just talking to them and you know he's making a point like this is our band this is up to us we all vote on this and <laughs> it's just it's always fun to or funny to see this stuff because it really is it's basically i don't want to say basically a remake of dead poets but it's a similar like very very similar to dead poets and it's, it's, it's a lot of the same beats it's that same like prep school we don't get these kids enough fun blah blah, blah. it's like how how long do we have to like hammer home this message before they start to like get it because i'm sure there's like thousands of kids right now that are at a school just like that with no jack black to come save the day and then they just grow up and be they become dry wall street senators yeah Yeah. like (laughs) boring senators you just you watch them make decisions and how they talk and you're like what's wrong with you and you're probably like oh they were the kids that didn't get to meet jack black (laughs) yeah yeah, and that's, I mean, it's on the nose, but that's what the song is about, that they, that Zach's song is about, like the, the magic band came to town and turned my world around or whatever. Yeah, because it's just like you can't raise kids like that and expect no, them to be healthy adults. And it's also, I mean, one of the best arguments on film for extracurriculars and education that these kids are so uninspired and not engaged and just care about grades and are just like, you know robotic is what my dad says his music is bad like oh my god like let them be like they're supposed to rebel against you a little bit that's kind of part of figuring out who you are as a yeah. person i don't know yeah but this is obviously like oh this like these kids aren't all going to pursue music professionally but this experience has made them more complete people right and he even highlights that when he's talking about the kids to the parents uh, just specifically with the miranda cosgrove uh character but he's like she could be president right now <laughs> i'd vote for her yeah <laughs> right yeah he doesn't say the, these kids are going to be like rock stars he said these kids are going to be like really successful <laughs> professional adults yeah like they're very <laughs> talented yeah yeah that's that's a that's a good it's it's just a very positive movie without being corny, and I yes. think that's a hard needle to thread. Mm. Yeah. 
<sighs> I don't have any games for today because it's just you. That'd be really weird. I win and you, I lost. You would win. I'm not, I'm not saying we need to wrap up yet. We're only at 40 minutes and that's counting the wine time. Jeez. Oh, I know. It did seem to go back quick, by quick. There's just not a ton to well, yeah. And I mean, a one-on-one F is also always going to be shorter anyway. And it's not The Godfather. <laughs> I like it, but it's not The Godfather at 50. <laughs> no, no. Um, there was definitely a lot of really good parts in it, but I feel like there's not a ton of parts that translate well to discussing them. Like we could go back and forth, say our favorite, like, yeah, y- you know. Um, I, I do like a lot of the humor that doesn't feel like it would be, like with the would the ploy be that we're going to pretend all these kids have terminal cancer? <laughs> Probably not today. No, no, I don't think so. I do love that one of them was just like laying on the pavement. <laughs> like he like just died on the spot. Very funny. <laughs> that was good. I will say the parents turn a little too quickly or at least maybe not all of them because I don't think those types of people, I think they'd be more horrified that they were good at rock music. <laughs> Yeah, they, they'd be a little scandalized, you think? But it worked well for the movie, so I don't want to hold it against right. it. It's, it's just not that kind of movie at the end of the day. <laughs> right, right. It's just looking at it with like reality vision is like, nah, some of these kids are going home and getting their ass beat. Like, <laughs> Yes, and the kind of parents that send their kids to that school are still going to um, be mad. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they'd probably be more annoyed that they had to sit through that drivel. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, I did air quotes there for the viewers at home. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be mad about sitting through uh, the No Vacancy song before that. Just very, it, it, It's so funny, um, not like in a ha-ha way, but just in like, oh, they absolutely captured what butt rock in 2003 sounded like <laughs> with those. And I mean, you only hear them a little bit, but like that is exactly what that music sounded like. I then. thought at first they were doing a Creed cover. I was like, is this just like a Creed song? Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, the front man of that who does have a good voice, that's Adam Pascal, who is an original cast member of Rent on Broadway and, mm. and a bunch of other stuff, too. That's uh, why that guy's so good at singing. <laughs> the, the kids were also very good at singing. Um, yeah. do, you, do you know, were they actually playing in the movie? I think they did all learn to play their stuff. Wow. Um, they still, every now and then, like on anniversaries and stuff, get together and... Um, a couple of them are married now and yeah, I guess a lot of them have stayed in touch and I want to say within the last few years, there was like video of Jack Black got them all together and they like played that song at a, at a show somewhere That's really for charity or for, you know, like, uh, music schools or whatever. Well, like, you know, we're talking about how great Jack Black would be as a teacher and stuff, but like, these were all young actors. Yeah. I'm sure he did have some impact on them like that. Yeah. It's, um, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of, if you talk to these kids behind the scenes stories about, he had to be cool with them. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard a bad story about Jack Black. Yeah. It just is. Uh, and I didn't do that research. I'm sure it's out there and I apologize, but we're just going to assume that he was cool with them and that there are good stories. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't have to do a correction on the next episode. <laughs> I looked into it. They all hated him. Man. He beat them. I don't even know how that was allowed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a movie that came out I right when I was sort of figuring out my own musical taste. Mm. And I think for a lot of, uh, I would have been 12 or so at this time. I think for a lot of especially white guys figuring out their musical taste at the time, hi- highly influenced by my dad's musical taste, which is a lot of what's in this movie. Yes. <laughs> so it, it kind of hit on that 
for me with like Led Zeppelin and ACDC, especially, I think, you know, and that's what's on popular like rock radio at the time too. So, um, it's a real rockist mentality that sort of took over for a while. And then within a couple of years I found emo and then after that indie rock, but and then emo again and then emo again. Yeah. I, Last concert I went to at this point is My Chemical Romance, so I can't escape it, I guess. I saw something like a meme that was like, getting older is realizing your music t- tasted actually peak when you were 14 or something like that. Yeah, it, it did. I think um, earlier this summer, I had the realization that every band that I'm going to see this year is a band I was already into in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just still coming around. I'm like, yeah, never better. It's like, yeah, they probably have lost a step. No, they haven't. They're better than they've ever been. <laughs> Jimmy Eat World's playing Providence next weekend. Looking at those tickets, like, mm, that's fantastic. Maybe I, we I could do that. I'd love to go see the All American Rejects again. I don't know. Yeah, I only ever saw them in college, so I feel like I'm I'm safe from that. Oh, <laughs> They were good. <laughs> yeah. No, I enjoyed they they never, put on never been bitter. <laughs> they put on a very good show, is from what I remember. Yes. Like they were very like energetic and like involved with the crowd. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, did you did you have a classic rock phase ever? Oh yeah, I still have a classic rock phase. Sure. I, I like enjoy Leonard Skinner and I like um Rush. I like Jethro Tull. I don't know if that counts. Um yeah. more folk rock. I don't know. Yeah. More flute rock. <laughs> flute rock. See, that's the thing. Like any any artist, like that's why I love yellow card because they put violins in. If you put an instrument in that's not mainstream, um you you get like 50% of my vote because I just love being able to morph that into where you don't expect it. Yeah. But especially violins and piano, piano is more common, but I love a good piano. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it does a good job sort of bridging. I mean, it's, it is all like, you know, whatever you want to call it, dad rock, classic rock. And mm. I don't know, but that, that's what this is. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's right around rockism as a concept, which is the idea that old white guy music is like the standard and, and on the top of every Rolling Stone poll of the best music, it's it's all these same old white guys because this is the music that matters because those are the people who are deciding the music that matters, right. which um, eventually sort of brushed up against poptimism. And now we have to treat Taylor Swift with like an academic lens because this is what actually matters. And there's value in this other stuff too. And those are just different modes of thought. But at this time, early thousands, it's very much, you know, Rolling Stone bestowing the Beatles with the number one album of all time on their top 500 albums. And everyone was like, this is important Mm. that these people are saying this and it is true. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, people have different tastes and it's not, we we don't get to say that this taste is the correct one. (laughs) The best taste. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what this movie is about. And I, and I like that that is essentially Jack Black's character is inhabiting a rockism mindset Mm. and even in like, it's, it's not saying he's right and it's not entirely making fun of him either. Like it's him saying like, he knows he's a loser, but actually these kids are like, well, actually we think you're cool. So Mm. it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting take. Um, hold on. Let me digest that a little. Because I was just saying, I, I don't know if I like I picked up on that a ton, but now that you mention it, it does make sense. Like, but he did he did bring up like Aretha Franklin, but I think that's the only person he brought up that wouldn't fall into that category. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, they talked about prog rock a little bit. Mm. And I think on the board, he had a couple of things. Like he had blues, he had some funk. Um, he had like threads drawn to, yeah. but they never covered them in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Aretha is the only person of color. That's, that's like a reference point. <laughs> and like, even that you kind of have to discredit a little bit because he was talking to a person of color and it's like, I mean, in that, in that exact it's example, it, it is, a, it is a good example. That right. he uses. I, I wouldn't have like taken it like, Oh, that's it. No, it made sense. It fit it like yeah. it was perfectly fine, but um, yeah, I know that's a very interesting because he isn't portrayed as like someone you'd want to be, and he even says it in the song, like do what I say, not what I do, or something like that. Yeah, when the kids try and like get him out of bed, he's like, You don't want to end up like this, I'm a loser. <laughs> And they're like, suck it up. We got a show to play. I just love that. Right. Well, because none of the kids like gave up on their schooling to go join him. They just do it after school. And like, he's Mm -hmm. definitely the type of person you want to emulate for like how to have fun or how to let loose, just not base your entire life around. Yes. They, yeah, it's, it's a very healthy movie in that standpoint, because like in the end of the, at the end of the movie, they've defined like clear, um, healthy boundaries for (laughs) For when to interact with this guy. Yeah, like they didn't have the like the <laughs> principal like because they could have had the principal run to his house and knock on the door and be like, we need you. You have to be the new music teacher. No. But like, no. At the th- end, that, she still says she's mad at him. Yeah, so. like that That was not his path. Like his no. path was an elective after school program. Yes. That's perfect. Yep. You probably should be teaching classical in school and you should probably pursue rock outside of it. That, I think mm-hmm. that's a fair delineation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair. Um, good, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I think it's a good time to mention because I, I've just been thinking about this lately. The reason I never want to do stars is because this will never happen. But if we got big enough that we were aggregated into a site that compiles ratings, okay, I don't want it to be eligible for that. We don't do a star rating. So Rotten Tomatoes can never say (laughs) how fresh a three, you know, whatever scale we've used before out of five is. I see what you're saying. Um, And when I was thinking about that, it was because of a movie that Joan Cusack's brother is in, John, which is 1408 or whatever. And uh, where he's like, it's him and Sam Jackson is in the supporting role. And it's a horror movie where he's a horror uh, or he's like a, a haunted locale reviewer. Okay. And it's about a hotel room that he goes to. And um, the the pull quote from the trailer is Sam Jackson going, it's an evil fucking room or whatever. <laughs> um, and he rates everything on, on a skulls, like how many skulls out of 10. Mm. I was like, that's great. No one can ever aggregate that because he can be like, you don't know what's, what, what a skull's worth. You don't know what a skull means? That's a hundred points on your scale. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and that's why everyone has their own scale and system. And I think, you know, a three out of five isn't the same as a six out of 10 on anything because that's just not how our brains work. No. You know? Yeah. And I think a three out of 10, uh, like a, I don't think a, if I saw a movie was rated three out of five, I wouldn't be like mm, 60%. That's a failing grade. It's like all these scales mean different things. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and since we had some time to pad, I figured this would be a good time to explain why I, I want to use uh, nonsense scales in every episode. I like that. That being said, 
Uh, Letterboxd only lets you do stars. So these are all averaged out and I put it as a star rating on Letterboxd. Right. Or you can find us at late to the movies. That's the number two on Letterboxd.com where I'll compile and share all these ratings on a scale of one to five. Or actually, I think you can go to zero. On a scale of zero to five of your choosing, counting up by halves, what would you give School of Rock? I think I'd give it four octaves out of five. That's a good one. I figured octaves works well. I think they also only go up by halves. Yeah. Yeah. Four octaves out of five is a good rating. Um, both in terms of that's a high rating, but also the rating scale is good. <laughs> um, oh, I can only think of inappropriate ones that I don't want to say. <laughs> um, like terminal children oh, or, or children touched. So that, so that doesn't even work out of context. Um, <laughs> So maybe <laughs> four children out of five. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also going to give this four face melting guitar solos out of five. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. So you can find those scores on Letterboxd. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I got an iPhone in the last uh, couple weeks since I last recorded, so I can now listen to this on Apple Podcasts. Finally. Yeah. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, I think I already said, Podbeans. Google podcast. That's when you Google a podcast and hit play. Um, if you haven't found it, you don't want it bad enough. <laughs> and if you haven't found it, you, I don't know how you're listening at this point. You have already found it, but people always say this stuff at the end of their podcast. And I like copying people. It's fair. I always cheated on tests. Um, JK, JK, in case any of my teachers. Are well, maybe if somebody sends it to you. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's why people say that. Or they'll be listening on Podbeans and like, can I not listen to this on iTunes? Like, you can. <laughs> you can, actually. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> like, I have a podcast, sure, but where's the Podbeans link? Well, we've talked about that for too long. Uh, <laughs> we have a storefront on Public that is late to the movies. You have an Instagram account where once a week I'll post a fun poster from the previous episode. That is late to the movies underscore podcast. That's also the number two. Same with the Gmail account, late to the movies at gmail.com. And that's pretty much all the bookkeeping for us. So uh, thanks, Robbie, for being on this episode. Cheers. Cheers. Um, oh, no. There's usually like a fun joke to end on. Uh, uh, you're tacky and I hate you. Nah, good. <laughs>